what you need to do is go to another person's funeral. That's the yeah, yeah. You, like you hang around after the first service is finished. Granddad's in the ground, and then you are there for the next funeral as the new family wanders in. Oh, dude, that is sick. You've been drinking at your granddad's funeral, then you hang around for the next funeral. And then you're, you're hugging a hot blonde, saying, I miss him so much too. And you try to sort of, you try to uh, kiss her earlobe. Oh my God. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you. Recording us. That's I didn't know we recorded any of these chats. I've been having people on the street saying I heard what you said about your mum. I thought this was a counselling session, dude. What's going on? I can't believe how much lack of empathy I had. Your your grandfather passed away. How old was he? Seventy seven. Shit, that's young, dude. My I think my parents are older than that. <laughs> <laughs> What what happened, man? Like, um, because I was just like, well, mate, the when when we're recording, and you're like, you're, I'm flying to New Zealand for a funeral, and I'm like, well, a funeral doesn't help my podcast, does dude, it, mate? Dude, I had to Paul Bear. Have you ever Paul Beard? Dude, no one would ever trust trust me around. I, I'm always down the back, just doing little gags. <laughs> <laughs> no one really loved it. No one would trust me. I've never even spoken. I, I long because it seems like the dream crowd um, um, to do a speech after someone's death and to, to crowbar and some laughs and, and go like, well, I suppose it's, you know what I mean? Like rather than being sentimental, I'm like, well, we've got to move on, don't we? Um, death happens. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll, uh, you're trying to rapidly heal them? There's no point in lingering in the past. And they go, any thoughts about Rose, Ro, Rosella? And I'm like... Well, all I know in life, keep you've got to keep moving forward. What's that Stallone thing? <laughs> Should we even be here? Life is fleeting for all of us. Wasting time worried about a fallen soldier is not the way we win. You need to win people. I'll turn it into a motivational speak. We don't, we don't linger in failure. You're referring to death as failure? <laughs> you do not linger in a failure. We move forward. We profit. We drive into the snow or whatever the fuck we said in that original, original episode. Uh, so you haven't, Paul Bear. Dude, what, do you wear gloves? I'd wear silky gloves in case you touch the body. Man, that would be good if you could carry the body. Just uh, everyone takes a limb and then you do the one, two, three into the grave. Dude, you know what's actually amazing is he's an old, frail skeleton, your granddad, I'm assuming, but he's heavy. No, no, man. He's heavy. <laughs> no, he was a fucking, he was not frail. He was very, uh, very thick, thick with weight, very heavy, very heavy, heaviest oh. thing I've ever carried, man. Dude, dude, so how many people do you have on the box? Six people on the box. Uh, the casket's heavy. And then we we got to the uh, the graveyard, the cemetery, and yeah. uh they were like, okay, well, we're going to carry the casket to, from the hearse to the 
to the hole and I was like, oh, fuck, and how all right. Like I thought out of the church was the thing. Yeah. Anyway, ca- carried it over, in- incredibly heavy, like 10 steps in. I'm like, what happens if I let go? Like if I let go, this is going to take a tumble. <laughs> this isn't Dude, good. <laughs> the question is, do you reckon it changes? Do you reckon they have 12 box humans? Where it's like an ants trying to bring down an elephant and they're going, she's a 30-person pallbearer. And you're like, the whole congregation have to carry her to the grave? And it's like, oh, dude, we don't have enough guests to actually do a pallbearing exercise. We're going to drop her in with a forklift? Well, because the, uh, the Armstrongs are all quite small, like short. And then the other side of the family, this side of the family, very tall. My dad was even like, man, I've never seen a coffin this long. You know, usually they're just oh. little short ones for uh, like the short asses. But this is like six foot five, six foot five of coffin. You've got to get the height right. So you might have a brother-in-law that he wasn't that close with, but you need him. Like when you're on a small plane, you need the waiting rights. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know uh, Jeff was significant in his life. He's up the front, but he's actually logistically there. <laughs> like you're carrying a fridge. They're like, oh, dude, he's, he's the lead pallbearer. And they're like, no, he's the tallest. And his best friend was actually too small to carry the, the pallbearing. Imagine if they told you that you... You just, uh, you didn't have the build or posture and you go, but he was my best friend. And they're like, dude, logistically, you're 5'2". You're a small man. You can't pull bear. And you go, another thing? I can't do the rides at Disneyland? I can't carry my best mate and bury him in a hole? You motherfucker. I'll wear lifts. And then we got to the, um, and then we you, you get to the hole and I'm like looking around like, where's the, uh, like, where's the thing that lowers them in? And uh, you just throw it in, dude. It's Kaiapoi, man. Like it's it's outside of Christchurch. The funeral guy was like, "Man, we don't they don't have lifts here." And I was like, "What do you mean they don't have lifts?" Wait a second. So you you throw them in? Well, so they're like, okay, so you got to take the hold the like uh, it's not rope, but it's like a rope like thing. Like you got to hold on to yeah. that. Don't wrap it around your hands. Whatever you do, do not wrap it around your hands because people oh people tumble in. People go for a fall. And then I'm like, what are we doing? And then they take the the wooden planks away and then we're just free like belaying him into the hole. Abseiling for corpses. Yeah. And then and then imagine if you dropped it because it'd be like another head trauma and you'd smash up all the makeup that they'd done. Well, at, that, like, was, was it at that point, it's closed. They're not like, one last look, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but, but dude, was it an open casket? Uh, oh, I think it was before I got there, but not when I got because there. Because it's actually amazing with the open casket because often the people look better than they ever have in their life. Yeah, man. And it's a bit like seeing someone, a comedian on on a gala. Mm. And you're like, what, what the fuck? They're they put lipstick nice. on that pig. Yeah. She looks <laughs> half agreeable. <laughs> Look, now these guys are doing profile pics. He's played that. Come round here. You can see he's doing cheap headshots. They're filming him. Look, you can look in. They're taking headshots um, for their comedy careers, in inverted commas. <laughs> All of our comedy careers. Yeah. Oh, he's getting shots at me. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be great for the listeners because they can't see, but uh, there's people milling around doing. Um, and only fans for comedy. Anyway, go on. Yeah, dude, dude, what were we saying? Yeah, people look better. And you're like, dude, didn't he have like um, liver dis- disease? He was yellow mm. and suddenly he's white. I'm like, it's the best Jeff, Jeff O'Ryan's ever looked. Like, did your granddad look good or you didn't get to see? I didn't see, I didn't see this granddad, but my, uh, I think we spoke about this once before. My, like my grand, they, uh, like Alzheimer's for years. And then when I saw her at the viewing, 
I was like, oh, no, that's my grand. Like, they did a really good job. Like, Oh, dude, and then they, they make her cognizant because before her eyes have been like vacant marbles and suddenly yeah. in death she looked like conscious again and you're like, oh, I remember her baking those little scones and telling me not to be worried about my abusive granddad. They had her on a heating pad like a little lizard so her hands were warm. She's burning up. Oh, dude, she had... Blood flow for the first time in, in 20 years. Like, my God, I don't think blood had got to her earlobes for 20 years. I think half her face was dead when I last saw her. Because parts of your body can die. I think your body writes off your ears once you're old enough. I've looked at them, they're always blue. Your body's like, what's the point? There's nothing to learn. I'm not going to put blood towards that would just keep the heart going and then he was a he was a, a train driver all he wanted to do his whole life was drive trains he drove trains yeah. for like 50 years uh oh my god and then god. one of the one of the guys they had speaking right this man this guy must have been a hundred years old he gets up and he does the loosest 30 minute drivel of in the oh middle of the two, 30 straight minutes of stories that went nowhere they went nowhere, and he kept using the same uh, phrases over and over again. Like uh, he would say, uh, oh, that, as you can imagine, that went over like a lead balloon. But he did it like five times. Oh, my God. I thought he would tie it into trains and go, he, choo, choo, he's riding the big train in the sky. Uh, last stop, death. I, choo, choo. Anyway, Jeff, I think it's last stop, death. You've, made, you've reached your final destination. Please board the plane and the train and make sure to collect all your valuables. You've seen an open mic go along, right? Like someone who's just like they, they, they need yeah. the win. And they're not going to get the win. This was exactly like that. 30 minutes. Man. Dude, I, you, get, you can get sat so many good laughs. I've had at a funeral <laughs> with the watch tap during a sentimental thing. You look over at someone and tap the screen of your watch and you get a laugh. <laughs> I'm moving here. I've got a haircut and pointed. I've got meetings to do. The family was all doing tight fives, man. And he, like, for, at story two, I thought this is going to be a fucking long one from this guy this is gonna be huge isn't it amazing 77 years alive Mm. and you there's still a clock like you're like 30 minutes you're pushing it i mean he's a 13 minute kind of man we're not listening (laughs) to 30 minutes dissecting this man's life what his train collection thomas the fucking tank engine i would have listened to granddad ray talk for 30 minutes but this other guy like just oh, meandering, forgetful stories that went nowhere. He was, and he addressed it several times during, I mean, like halfway through, yeah. he's like, oh, I've, I'm taking up a bit of time, looks down at the watch and then launches into a brand new story. You know, you, you know what? It actually makes you, it's the main reason I cry at the funeral is the friends of necessity at the end because you end up rejected because you, your brain's gone. And you end up hanging around with sort of needy freaks at the tail end. And you only see it in the funeral because you're like, my granddad, Roger, or whatever his name is, was better. He didn't deserve companionship of this low quality. Do you know what I mean? Like, but he's the only goddamn person that two um, dement- people with dementia can interact. And you sort of feel for them. You're like, fuck. I thought Norman was a good friend. He's just clinging to whatever seaweed would wrap around him at the end. Because, do you know what I mean? I had it with my, um, my 
grand. I wasn't my grand. It was my aunt's husband. Yeah. And he had some rambling people in there. And I'm like, these are friends of necessity where you're just both alone. I'm like, this guy must have bored the fuck out of him. And the, thank God he had Alzheimer's who so would have been cognizant of how boring this person was. Did it long walks with chats with this rambling. You should be mourning how much time that your pre- poor granddad spent with this man in the, <laughs> the twilight of his life. No, I love this guy, man. This was like a, this was an old school train guy, like really getting into the minutiae of the engines during his 30 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, it's, it reminds me of um, a wedding where the person went through ancestry.com and basically started at the stone ages, ran out of time and never really <laughs> spoke about the, the, the new son-in-law never got to his side of the family. Just spoke about how they were once stonemason and there was a rape and they were they were moved to Australia and they'd stolen bread and then he set up the stamp store and then uh, Jenny had fucked some other guy and they'd moved across. They were a great architect family. That that little fountain in Kalamunda Park, he built that. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Just talk about the fact you'll your daughter's fucking this new guy and that you approve. <laughs> okay, for fuck's sake. And we're going through the, uh, the like, all the photos for the montage. Yeah. And, uh, like, there, there's Granddad Ray and me, and he's, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a smile on. Uh, I'm sitting on his, on his knee, family photo. And then the one after that, man, it's him sitting in a train. You've never seen someone happier in your life. You're like, oh, I don't think he, I don't think he was enjoying me being on his yeah. lap at all. <laughs> the trains are his true love and passion. That's the greatest with a <laughs> dress like Thomas the Tank Engine with the train conductor thing. And then photos of him at the birth of his daughter <laughs> uh, looking out the window to see if he can see a train. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can see a train from here. It is so funny seeing those moments. Do you know those? Because um, there's a lot of those stoic footy, the alpha footy guys. Mm. And you see them at the birth of their child tapping their watch screen. But then when they win the, the mighty flag, they actually, you can see what they truly love. Because the birth of their daughter, they're like, anyway, moving on. i got training in a minute. But when they kick six goals in the semifinal, they're yeah. hugging, they're crying, they're weeping. Your, your, your face and your, 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 your gestures belie your true feelings. Yeah. You can't really phone in a funeral. Because I've been in funerals and I'm laughing a lot. And then you realise you are detached. You see your, your mate kiss the coffin, you're howling. And they're like, this guy was not invested in anyone in the room. And you're like, ah, I don't care. Why am I lying? I just, no, nah, I do. You can feel sentimental, man. Um, so did you get emotional? I can't imagine it. Not really. No, I was, I, I, during, while we were finding photos for the montage, I was finding uh, train-themed songs to play. Because Thomas the Tank Engine oh, was yeah. an easy one. So I had, like, you know, Locomotion and then, like, oh. the Train Spotting album, you know, just trying to have a bit of fun. Dude, how it. amazing when you're pallbearers do the locomotion <laughs> and you guys are moving your outside hands like a train, train wheels. <laughs> do the... And, so you simulate a train when he's going to his grave. <laughs> do, do, do the locomotion with me. And then you, you pull a little horn and there's uh, smoke comes out, like an old steam one. Do the loc, granddad, do the locomotion with me. And you're moving the hands in unison. And it's, it's like that coffin dance. You know that one 
The coffin dance? After that- lifting one, I have no idea how it, how you would do that. It's the fucking heaviest shit, man. Uh, when they when we got to the hole and I realised that we were lowering it in, I started to panic. I was like, there's no way. There's no way, man. Like, well, Dude, that's what... <laughs> That's one of the great fears because if you kill someone, you forget how heavy they are. Suddenly you've got a prostitute in your house and you realise <laughs> you can't lift it. So you have to bring someone else into the crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you're like, fuck, I thought she was light. When I was banging her from behind against her will, she was as light as a feather. But dead, she's like a, a bag of stones. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to have to include the mailman in my crime and go, dude, we got to move someone. There's a, there's a, there's something in the backyard I need you to see. Oh, man. I, like, I need to tell Carrie. Full wood uh, coffin. Like, fuck that. Get chipboard, man. Like, just just a bit of MDF. It's too heavy. Oh, dude, it's so crazy. Your, your granddad, he, did anyone ask if he wanted to rot with uh, the worms or did he not want to get cremated? I think he had a, I think he had a will uh, that... Took care of Where all that. There's a well, there's a way. <laughs> I, I think the fun joke is to do the opposite they want. And go, oh, he wants, he wants to be cremated? Well, we'll bury him with the worms. <laughs> I, I think the new one that's popular is um, launching it in the ocean. I would like my coffin just uh, released out in the middle of the sea and just bob around. Mm, yeah. It's annoying. Imagine a coffin washing up on the beach. It's annoying the limits, man. Like, you can't... Uh, I was looking this up ages ago. You can't taxidermy yourself. You can't like get embalmed. You can you can get a sar- be put into into a sarcophagus and be like yeah. in, like entombed, but they won't let can you, you get just... stuffed. No, do they let you get stuffed? No, 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 they don't let you taxidermy yourself. It's that's that's not on. It's quite it's quite frustrating. A friend of mine had um, an indigenous man stuffed in his uh, his attic that had been passed through the. Through the <laughs> <laughs> That was the story going around. I, <laughs> um, obviously, that's probably not for pod material, but it was a, it was the family heirloom. Look, you can have anything done if you have access to the resources, but uh, they they're not stoked on you just you know embalming yourself and propping yourself up in a living room. Dude, I I, I don't want a funeral. I don't want anyone to get closure. I want people to be unsure if I'm just not responding to texts. <laughs> I'll tell my family, do not let anyone know if I'm dead or alive. Just keep it a bit. They, yeah, where they're like, Oh, where's Andrew? And he go, He's busy in the grave. <laughs> Why is he not at this birthday event? Oh, he's a bit busy at the moment, he's a bit tied up, if you will. <laughs> he's a bit, a bit stuffed. Yeah, he's, it, he's in our basement. <laughs> I, it would be nice to be stuffed. I wouldn't mind just getting my head cut off and have it like as a light. As a light, well, you have a light inside and you can have it at the front, like um, when you, you know, when mm. you head home. Wouldn't you like to see your granddad as a lamppost? I think what you can do is you can get take the head off, uh, like burn it down to the bone. Because I know there are people who have had their heads, their skulls, uh, like bequeathed to uh, art centres so they can play, they can be in Hamlet. Oh, that's so good, man. You have your skull as a, as a bowl, the family bowl for big events. <laughs> They've got to all drink out of it. Yeah, salsa dip skull. And I'm like, have a sip of Satan's juice out of the bowl of great Andrew. <laughs> great Andrew, the, 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 the pig man. But it wouldn't be nice to have it on a wall like a trophy. Man, that would be good, dude. You could have, you could have the skull mounted so the face is facing up and you've got like the salsa the sour cream and the guacamole and the eyes and the mouth. Oh, that's yeah. good. You know what's funny is you put a bit of comedic effect 
where it makes me look cross-eyed and I'm like, oh, they're always going to laugh when they walk into the, the, <laughs> the formal lounge and they see him up there pulling a face like he's on Dumb and Dumber 3. <laughs> oh, Granddad was a character. His eyes are all crossed and he's doing the fart sound. <laughs> Have a good day. Life's about having fun, people. Don't get distracted by all the noise yeah. of the boring kind. Dude, so you didn't feel any... You must have had connection with your family, having that moment being yeah. back around them. Oh, that's when I went back to uh, I went back for for mum, you know, support mum. Yeah, you've got to support, and you've got to you got to make them know it, and just say, "Look, I'm only here for you." So don't say, yeah, 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 "Never done good. anything for you, mum." <laughs> yeah. Oh, you say you I never did anything them for, you? for years to come. How's a six-hour flight to New Zealand for someone I never really connected with, mum? <laughs> put that put that on my my. Consider that when you buy my Christmas present. You owe me six hundred dollars in flights and accommodation. Do you got to do? You got to get back there to help people with your jokes. You know that's what that's what Mum wants. Mum wants to be putting putting her makeup on the morning of, and then to have you wander into the living room yelling, "Let's go put this man in the ground." That's what she wants. Oh, man. dude, is that what you did? Yeah. I, you know what's hard is balancing it. How much of a holiday it can be. Because you can't really, on the day of the funeral, go in one of those speedboat things. No. You know, the adventure yeah. things that they do in Queensland. And they're like, hey, guys, we've got to get moving. I've got bungee jumping booked at 3 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be sombre the whole day. You're rolling up to the service in one of those Zorb balls <laughs> that you've walked in. Oh, there. dude, like unbelievable. They go, Sorry I'm late. I was catching Barbie for the second time. Great movie. You have to, you have to commit the whole day to being sombre. People can't see you paintballing later in the day on your dad's, your granddad's funeral. Can you paintball on the same day that you lay your granddad in the ground? I can't emphasise how small Kaiapoi is, right? It's a very small, small town. Uh, and then, What does it mean in, um, in Maori? Kaiapau. Stick with hair on it? Shit small town north of Christchurch. Truck st- it's the equivalent to a truck stop, right? In Maori language. It's a bit bigger than a truck stop, but it's also like uh, like it takes 12 minutes to drive there from the centre of the city, you know? Like it's not yeah. really that far. It's all just small. How, how, why do you keep having to name places? Do you know what I mean? There's a certain level, if you've got 12 people, that you might just absorb it into the group. You don't have to call it cow pow. Do you know what I mean? It's only 12 people. Just say, look, it's part of the fringes of, of Auckland. Do you know we're not naming 12 people standing around a caravan cow pow. Do you know what I mean? It's just fringe city. After the service, they've got like, like oh, tea and coffee through this way. Man, they had on offer funeral service sushi. Which I've never seen before. Oh, Small that's town, so multicultural train, train funeral sushi. Uh, the I, it's the it was the least touched thing at the funeral for sure. One hundred percent, the least touched. That thing. is crazy because I would have thought it would all be like old school train food, like cucumber sandwiches. Well, I mean, it was a sushi train. You know, that's how the that's how it was brought in. It was on oh, little plates. That is so funny. So it, ima- I wish. Imagine if it was a sushi train. <laughs> And it's just for him. And then you can see um, the morning friends that should be upset, their eyes light up and they realise, <laughs> oh, my God, it's two scale and it goes through a tunnel. I'm going to jizz. I'm a fucking super nerd, a train model train guy. Did your, did your granddad ever, like, he was real trains or did he have model trains around his house as well? Oh, he might have had models around the house as well, but it was, like, it was real trains. Would you put him, would you put him, 
Why didn't the coffin? Why wasn't the coffin a, a train carriage? Man, I asked all of these questions. Like, don't worry. You didn't have the they budget. Were, they were all, all of these questions were uh, put to different family members. Uh, so a mixture of amusement and sort of. More. Oh, they hate it, dude. You know what? Because woe betide, you wouldn't want levity around a death. Let's linger in it for perpetuity because we're a sensible, sober mind, and the best <laughs> way to deal with stuff is taking it very seriously. That's that. Oh, you must cry for five billion years. It wasn't that is the best way to live in this world. It wasn't that serious. It was like it was. It was a. There was. There were plenty of jokes. It was a. You know, it was a Did, good time. It wasn't fucked. But people get angry at funerals and they go, "It's disrespectful." And I'm like, "Hey, dude, half the world process grief differently to you. Just because you've written a poem doesn't mean that I, that person didn't mean as much to me when I'm." Tr- so upset that I need to joke about it and go, he was boring anyway. <laughs> that is the different way of processing, but do not cheapen my morning. The Venn diagram for this uh, funeral sushi, like I couldn't, oh, it yeah. blew, blew my mind. Like who, For I think for a lot of people there, it was the first time they had seen sushi, you know? I don't think I'd eat raw fish around a corpse, no, to be honest. I, I think I might've been the only person who, who tried it? Because I just had to know what funeral sushi tastes like. Dude, it reminds me of a footy thing. They had a very low-grade, a footy gig we had, yeah. low-grade sushi, and then they had chicken that I believe hadn't been cooked. <laughs> you know, like I was like, this is the cold stuff. You're meant to barbecue this. And I saw a, I saw a woman eating it, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to blame the sushi, but it's uncooked chicken. This woman has ripped open satay chicken sticks and just serving. She's got carried away in the raw game. She's like, oh, you can have raw fish. I guess you can have raw meat as well. But it's funny, like, why does fish, how can you eat fish that's uncooked? Surely it's got maggots and worms in it. What's going on? It's dirty meat. It's subspecies. I don't think fish can be eaten. It should be cooked. Don't you think? Raw fish is for savages. I guess if you, like, fishes, you can see if there's something in the fish, you know? Like, it's not a, it's not, it's not like you're lopping off a half a kilo of a, of an animal and then cooking that. It's Dude, like, it's, it's small, know. small little, small little slivers. Have you ever gone fishing and realised, watched your uncle just tip about nine litres of petrol into the, into the water? And you're like, well, you can't trust a fish in this That world. would be the most off-putting thing if you saw, like, the, the uh, the ocean to plate journey of that fish, you know. Oh, like dude, that's the thing. When it swims through, as my my uncle dumps diesel <laughs> on a fishing trip, swims yeah. through, gets that in your eyes. Then you're having sushi at your your granddad's funeral. I'm like, it's fucking everything has to be cooked. You never have your uncle show up to family dinner with something he caught off of a jetty and be like, hey, we're like oh. we're having this raw. This is it's it's sushi. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and it's a bit like uh, trace. Trace metals and that stuff. Like, mm. if you actually checked a fish from the harbour, it's got asbestos, it's got mercury in it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's still alive, but on a knife edge, dude, the water is toxic almost everywhere in the world. <laughs> you get rashes swimming in the ocean now because the pH is fucking not balanced because there's fucking there's coffins there's fucking <laughs> abandoned cars people have been pissing and do you know what i mean i don't think anything's clean now everything must be sanitized the funeral sushi had a very unique flavor um i would describe it as freezer burn like back of freezer oh my god <laughs> do you know what it was those 
fishing people that 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 catch fish and then and then keep it in the deep freeze for the whole year and yeah, go, yeah. and they don't realize to that you have to vacuum seal otherwise it gets burnt <laughs> by the fridge <laughs> and then they go oh we'll just defrost that at mackerel we caught <laughs> beautiful mackerel <laughs> 9 year old mackerel has been in the shed in that big fucking deep freeze we bought off the marketplace and then they go, oh, it's beautiful. Don't need to cook this. It's going to taste, taste like fucking carpet burn. A burn taste. Dude, so did you eat? You ate? I, I'm never that hungry I was at the, funerals. No, I, I, I only ate the single piece of sushi because I had to know. Like no one else ate, uh, ate, was eating the sushi. And I just wanted to know what, like, what, what, are, what have they put on? What's <laughs> They've got strange rules though, like because you can only eat after the burial. No, no, this was before the burial. I'm like, you've got a lot of food. You should space it out. I think there should be sandwiches handed out during that while he's going into the hole. You should be able to eat a cheese sandwich. They knew there was no lift for the coffin, so they they were giving you some carbs, some calories beforehand. Uh, oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was positioned precariously on the edge of it with one, with one foot down, like abseiling the coffin. In. Dude, who can you sue <laughs> in the event of an injury? Can you you sue the funeral home or the estate? Where are you getting your payback when you say I did my fifth fifth vertebra lifting that person and I wasn't complicit? I didn't want to really carry him, and I've now got an injury that needs to be compensated. I'm not from sure, your man. Estate or from the white lady's funeral. When you get to the cemetery, it's just like it's empty cemetery. So there's a pre-dug hole, and then as you're leaving, you see the guys with the shovels on the truck, like near the gate, like they're waiting for. How deep's the hole? Because animals can smell. If it's not deep enough, it gets dug up. So it must be at least a meter deep. Well, it's six foot, man. It's always six foot, isn't it? Dude, who ran the funerals? Because I I was looking online, and the comic says white ladies' funerals, and everyone's like. <laughs> Only for whites. What was the, the, the branding of your funeral? Oh man, some home? it's a it's some Christchurch funeral home. It, it, it doesn't have a fun name. It's just some. So guy's it's not name. like gone, but not forgotten. No, 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 no. The no. final, oh, the, the final stop on the gate. I'd call mine the final stop, and and then we would have loved it for the train. Yeah, oh, that would have been great. We've got to use thing. the final stop as you go into the cemetery. That it says we will remember them on the gates, but when the gates open, it just says ember them on one. On one oh, side, which I thought was so nice. Funny. That was little. That was that was funny. I couldn't think of anything else you would make. A- axel, a- accidental science. Yeah. What What was another song that you could have played? Could you do a last train out of Sydney's almost gone? Or was that playing? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. But we're the not. Last we're not really in. Out of Sydney's almost. I'll, I can have a look and see what ones I. Uh, Dude, put in what there. was um? Did anyone do a poem? Rage, rage against the setting sun. Rage. <laughs> that's what you always fucking hear. <laughs> Do you know that rage? That one's every fucking one. I I have heard of that one. There's, there's, there was some poem, but it's not. It's not going to go anywhere. Where, where? Fuck. What ones? My favorite. My favorite moment is when someone tries to crowbar their mediocre art into the event. <laughs> yeah. They're either on a guitar with a self-written song or poetry. Oh, they've got a song and going like, trainee, trainee, granddad. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, you're talentless. You work at a, th- a musical theatre, you know, like a restaurant. Do not bring your shit to this man's memory. Do you know? We don't want the cousin trying to howl at the moon. We need Simon Cow here to tell you you're a talentless hairdresser 
Give it up, Stacey. Nadine, <laughs> we don't want your fucking shit song haunting his grave. Okay? <laughs> Fuck up. We'll play Celine Dion. All the train songs we had. Uh, like, obviously, the I did pull out the Thomas the Tank Engine one a bunch, but that became overplayed quite quickly. But it was fun when How you're going through it? photos. So it'd be like photo with family, photo with family, and then dun 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 dun, dun with oh, the that's train. So funny. Go, that was good. Do you know what would be funny is um, a gangster one, and it's like put that bitch on a train. We'll get we put that bitch on a train. <laughs> we gave her the train. You know, like a gang gang bang. Take your fucking train, that slut. Fucking <laughs> muck. Do you know I was playing that at the gig um, during when that ocean um, playing what. What are you playing? What are you playing? Every time a comic was at the open mic doing a bit about the stupid submarine, I was playing Titanic <laughs> na, 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 from the back, and people were like, Can, "What's that noise?" And it was me playing Titanic on my phone in my pocket. I kept hitting it. Oh no 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 do do, and they were always like, "The joystick." Oh. I love the panicked writing where you go, "I've got to have a submarine bit." And I'm like, why don't you do a submarine joke? We all live in a yellow. They're just, people are just spitballing. So you had Thomas the Train, train Engine. Uh, don't Stop Believing in there because that first verse is. Don't Stop Believing. Uh, yeah. Took a midnight train going anywhere. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What about Ghostbusters, which is just not even anything to do with it? As they go down, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's right. He's becoming a ghost. Yeah, that's a pivot. <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch. What else is a train run? I found a lot of remixes of the actual song that was played, which was uh, Unchained Melody. Um, but then I had like a jump style one. Oh, so it was a bit of, that's good. A doof, but doof. you didn't do gangster rap with put her on a train. Your daughter. I know that's just a song that you've made up now, so I wasn't able to find it. Yo, yo, <laughs> we want that bitch on the fucking train. Yo, yo, put her, put her on the train. Blow out her brain. <laughs> check, check, check. DJ Khaled tonight. Okay, whatever. I don't know what the fuck they do. I had a little bit of uh, Limp Biscuit. Keep on rolling. Oh, that's good. That I'm, I'm, I respect that. I would have given that a, a clap, a golf clap, and a nod. <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, dude, that'd actually be a great YouTube channel of watching grown adults play with train sets and playing music like. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> and you're going to nerd talking about his tunnels and his stupid train. Check who you're going to fuck. Check, check. Or whatever. You know, and you have like more gangster rap with it. It's very much like that YouTube star that uh, gets excited when he's on trains. Oh, my God, it's a 177. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah. people love it, but he's a bit like no fizzy drink guy. It becomes tedious four years later when he's still playing this character, acting excited about trains. And because he's in the zeitgeist, everyone's like, ah, oh, it's so funny. Now he's in Marrickville looking at trains. When does this hilarity stop? This one fucking trick pony. The guy who went for 30 minutes, he, uh, like every time he started a new story, uh, it was it was a real effort to like bite my lip Uh just shaking with laughter. What a great thing to have in Practical Jokers where you get someone to talk at a funeral and the goal is to, it never ends. It never ends, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so you, you've got to go more, 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 and it's been like three and a half hours. <laughs> and they can tell you're sort of just... Vamping. You're now just brainstorming. Just vamping. So what do you... 
you're doing crowd work at a point. So what do you do for work, sir? It's like, what the fuck? People are like, oh my God, because it's a funeral, no one can leave. No one can say stop because he's the best friend. And no one can act anything but interested mm. in his bullshit. Mm. I'm sure there were great stories. Like, I'm sure there were amazing stories. But this guy was like early 80s. Like he could not. Uh, yeah. He could not follow through. He told a story about uh, one time they one time they crashed a train while they were shunting shunting like carriages around the yard. Great and story. They, they crashed one, uh, and it like it went up proper like a little pyramid, you know, like a proper yeah. a proper crash. And maybe maybe spent twelve minutes on this, but like. We never got to what they crashed into, or like what oh what Lord. happened. It never it never got there. We someone had to be sent after the service to find the guy and be like, "Hey, what what did they crash into?" Like yeah, it was man, the one detail losing... we wanted, and it was not delivered. It sounds like he kept losing his train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you. You know what the thing is? You never get bad feedback from a funeral speech. No one goes, when do you think you lost them? And you come off. They're always like, what a fitting tribute. Beautiful. I love that train crash story. You can't say you bombed. Why'd you get nervous up there? You suck. And go, what a horrible tribute to your best friend. You should have written some fucking notes. That's your best friend? That was boring. Mm. You couldn't come up with a better anecdote? I thought you'd been friends for 80 years. That's your best story? The train crash? Where's the fingering story? Where's the train gangbang that I want? <laughs> Where we put a train on her? Dude, I don't... Um, were you... Did you have to say anything at the speech? At the, no. at the funeral? No. Why not? I wasn't invited to it's say You're anything. the grandson. I know. I wasn't invited to say anything, man. Didn't you want to say something about your puppy? No. No, no. What I, about I've puppy? Had, like previous, because that was my last grandparent, uh, the previous funerals I've gone to, those, that's, that, those are the only times I've really been like, uh, are, like unable to talk emotional, you know? I, I, I didn't realise that you would be emotional because I always thought you were devoid of empathy. So I've always played it in that way, that you're the tin boy. At the other two, uh, like, yeah, they, they, were, they were real difficult. Do you know what the move is? Not come. Ultimate power play, letting people know that you are doing well. And you go, sorry, I'm in meetings. <laughs> what, like an ex-girlfriend? <laughs> like, not show no, up? No, like, no, like my mum passes away. Everyone knows I'm still living in the house. I don't make the funeral because <laughs> I'm busy. I'm working on a deal. And I let everyone know, oh, yeah, he's, he's working on quite a big deal. He's flown to Hong Kong. It's all made up. I'm like, I'm closing a deal. I love her, but I've got huge, uh, lots of things, uh, responsibility at the moment with the team to close this deal. Mm. I love you, mum. But, we, you know, we're doing a deal with Elon Musk right now. I've got to fly to San Francisco. And they're like, we're pretty sure we saw him skiing. He was on a ski trip. But I'm like, I'm doing a deal. Closing a deal that changes, revolutionises drinking water, okay? Sorry I can't there to, to do a fucking speech. Whatever. I'm rich and powerful now. I'll Skype in for a minute. The, the most powerful speech is the Skype one. We did have a videographer there doing the, uh, doing the Zoom funeral thing. Had that link set oh, up. Dude. You can you can access Granddad Ray's funeral on bitly.com slash GRDead. I've live streamed one and I'm like... 
the, the camera work sucks because you had like a cousin talking and you're like, oh, I have to see the face, the rejection, <laughs> this poem sucks. And I'm like, oh, it's filming the fucking crowd. I'm like, come on, dude, film the, the focal point. What yeah. the fuck? I'm Get looking at back heads. I'm like, get an angle high up. Look in. We want to see in. Show dude, dude, us the I, body. I'm like that joke, the bomb. Show me the crowd. What the <laughs> fuck? I know that bomb. I'm like, oh, dude. I, I keep losing my train of thought. Where's the reaction? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want to see the crowd going. Argh. Dude, you know what the best is? Zooming in on bored people. That's what I'd do if I filmed it. <laughs> so you'd be like, we're live streaming from Auckland live. And then it's filming a lot of you, gaming, checking your phone, <laughs> you sort of doing little jokes. Imagine catching like the aunt laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was good with men. He was good with men. Ha <laughs> slut. <laughs> you zoomed right in on her face. And then she's getting angry texts from friends in Canada going, we saw what you said. That she was a whore. <coughs> we saw it. And you're like, oh, that was private. In joke. I thought they were filming the box. Why are they filming the crowd? And they go, there's an arsehole. This Andrew Wolf. He <laughs> zooms in on disinterested faces and tries to capture moments for levity. Yeah. But anyway, do you know what the worst is? Saving a funeral stream. And like, if you're going to watch it again. That's not the way to process grief. Imagine in five years watching the funeral again. You get the DVD and you put it on. I don't know if that's what it's for to watch it again because I've got I have one saved of a. Are you gonna? What are you gonna do with it? Like it's not there to watch again, but the eulogy from my aunt goes through like uh, his whole life. It's quite. Oh, nice. that is good. That bit's good. It is good when. Um, it is always sad when you've disconnected and then they're dead and you realise you, you didn't know what your granddad did for a job, let alone his <laughs> entire family tree. Have you, have, you got, have you had that one? Well, there'd be a lot of uh, friends that would be sad that your granddad because they won't know which train's going where now because he would have been texting them. <laughs> he was texting friends to go, your best bet is to get the A47 and then you get the beautiful, glorious Royal 773 into Quackley Land and then we go from cow power on a donkey and then, do you know, he, he'd be able to do logistics around your uh, dive town, New Zealand or whatever. The- this was the granddad who he... His second marriage was to a woman named Anne, and then he cheated on Anne with a woman he married after Anne called Die Anne. Oh, and so it's an ode to his ex, like a hate crime. Die Anne. And he goes, something about your name makes me happy. Finally, some fucking revenge. Vindication for that fucking cheating, cheating scumbag that took my fucking ice cream van in the divorce. Do you know what's funny? Um... Oh, dude, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, it's tough, eh? It's, I, I, I'm sorry, my commiserations that I didn't show much concern. Dude, it's, it's fine. Did you just, did you, something just cut out? Yeah, yeah. Some, uh, a, a phone came up with an f- unknown number oh, okay. that okay. said potential fraud. That's all right. So I, I think just, it might just... be my ex calling. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, we're on, baby! Oh, do you know what that, I would like to get a, a, a petty win. In what way? Where you come in at a funeral and you're like, sucked in, I told you. Outlast, outplay, sucked in. You're fucking, 
You never paid me that debt, gambling debt, did you? Rotten hell, corpse. And then they see you trying to pull your dick out and piss on the carpet. No, I promised him I'll piss on your grave and I want to do it in front of his family. And they're like, give it a rest. And you're like, he's a fucking scumbag, cheating cunt. Do you know what I mean? Would you like the anger? You want some anger there. Wouldn't you want some hostility where there's a picket fence at your, and there's people going, he owed me a lot of money, scumbag. And they go, we loved him. He, he gave us a lot of money. It was my money. And, you, you know, it all comes out. At a funeral, shit can come out. Yeah. Where you, you get a, a new ex, uh, there's another woman there, and you've got a, a mixed-race child. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the time to show up and reveal yourself to the, uh, to the family. That's my dream, dude, a mixed-race child. And then there's a note saying, look... It was the stigma. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I loved her the most. But in this society, it was, I'm, a, I'm around money. No, whatever. I'm just fucking joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't go in there. I had a better bit in the funerals, but it's forgotten. Gone, yeah. but not forgotten. Well, do you, want, do you want me to go back and we can try to figure it out? Or do you want to... Does anyone monitor the numbers? Like, did he get a good turnout? He did get a good turnout because they booked a little church for 80 uh, and they ended up with like 140. They had to pipe oh, that's great. the audio outside for the people who were standing, like oh, the, dude, the fucking cheap seats. That's all, that's all you can hope for is to get some decent numbers at your final <laughs> show. <laughs> you got to hope for a good turnout. But now with Skype, I think anyone under 30 would never attend a f- f- funeral because it's just efficient to stream it. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Like uh, I, the the ones I've attended over Skype, the one, the one I've attended over Skype, like, it was just out of necessity. It was COVID. I couldn't fly back. Oh, dude, I would stream always now. You're like, um, as long as you can see... You know, they should have a big screen that shows that you're in the room just to prove that you're watching it, but you're actually watching <laughs> season two of White Lotus. Like a group conference. What's so hard is uh, the fakery of it because you're not sure. It's a bit like a job interview at the funeral. You're not sure how to behave. So it's a very stressful time because, do you know what I mean? You can't go jet skiing beforehand. You can't watch Barbie straight after. Uh, dude, I mean, it was pretty chill. You know what I mean? Like it was... Uh there were plenty of jokes. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, you know, people were crying and sad, but it wasn't like uh, you, uh, you know, like breaking down and like don't don't come near me. I just need to grieve. It wasn't that, dude. I would never, I would never Paul Bear because I think a funeral costs five to seven grand, and I'm like, get the director in there. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Catering yeah. and I'm making the sausage rolls. I'm like, you carry the fucking lump. <laughs> What do you think we've paid for? When you break it down, five to seven grand, they've dug a hole. You fucking buried him. <laughs> and they did some sandwiches. I would say bearing is about 80% of the cost. Carrying it. <laughs> Where's the money? Reconcile it. I'm like, get a... And you want servants to carry you. You don't want your family and friends to do it. You want slaves. I think what you do notice is how, how little anyone who's involved... Uh, like any family members, they don't know what's going on. Like at the end of the service, it's a game of like looking around, trying to figure out someone who knows what happens next. Like, are we carrying this guy out of the uh, fucking chapel or like what's going, what's, what happens next? And what's really playing on their mind is who's getting the holiday house. That's what you really want to talk about. <laughs> who's inheriting the holiday house. Do you know what you want to do as you pour bears? You know, when you 
when you're in car as a kid and you do last touch, where you lean in the window <laughs> and touch them, last touch, and go, ah, I finally won the game with Granddad, who used to run down the side of the vehicle. Last touch, last. You open the coffin and go, last touch. And then do like, yay, to the crowd of silent onlookers and going, ah, I shouldn't have drunk before I came here. Getting drunk there is a problem as well. Do you reckon you can pick up at a funeral or is it no good? Well, man, it's a lot of family, you know. I'd say that's the main concern. Yeah. I think getting too- <laughs> what sibling or cousin are you trying to fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he would have wanted this. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. That's crook. This is for his memory. And you say, look, let me show you what I remember of him. Now, that's a sort of horrible, crude molestation joke. And funerals, man, funerals aren't good, dude, because everyone, everyone who's not related is fucking old. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But everyone's emotional, and then because of the okay. fatality, <laughs> yeah, and you realize yeah. that life I'm, is. I'm not saying that. The, I'm just saying that the option, like the options, are bad. You know, like yeah, but it definitely, it definitely helps you pick up because you realize that there's a fine the finality of life, and you can say, yeah, I've got, you know, let's live for the now. It can end at any point. I should give you HIV behind the the shed. But who are you picking up, man? Well, that is the problem. You've got to go for. <laughs> You basically got to go and try to get one of the directors or people that are involved with the funeral home. What you need to do is go to another person's funeral. That's the yeah, yeah. You, like you hang around after the first service is finished. Granddad's in the ground, and then you are there for the next funeral as the new family wanders in. Oh, dude, that is sick. You've been drinking at your granddad's funeral, then you hang around for the next funeral, and then you're you're hugging a hot blonde, saying "I miss him so much too," and you try to sort of you try to lick uh, kiss her earlobe. <laughs> oh my god! And then they work out that they work out you you get called aside by the funeral director and go, "Look, sir, it's invites only. You've been here for three funerals. You need to leave." And you're like, oh, sorry, I just miss them so much. And you're like, well, it's five hours on, your family's left, and you've got to stop harassing females and trying to uh, console them and saying, I loved him too. I loved him too. And I, I just feel like I just can't feel right now. Anything to feel, anything to feel human connection. Maybe we get some drinks together and talk about his trains. Dude, the worst thing ever would to be pick up at a funeral – Connect over your dead uncle and then after you've had sex to find out that the person had hung around from an earlier <laughs> And to realise that you've had eight, you've had sex eight times, you've all connected over Uncle Norman and then to work out that you're going, oh, no, nah, actually I was just driving by and I saw you in that beautiful little floral dress and I came in. And you'd be like, so betrayed. It's almost a sex crime. You're telling people that you, uh, you, you really miss uh, dearly beloved uh, you really, oh, you really, you really miss the deceased. Oh, dude! And then when they, they you're lying post courteous smoking, and they start interrogating you about your connection to him, and then you realize, oh, it's not a him; it was a her. Fucked up. You're like, oh, I, I knew him through work, and they're like, what sort of work? And you're like, ah, all work sucks. You know, he hated his work. No, he loved his job. He was a thespian. Oh, oh, yeah. Imagine that. 
working out that you went to the wrong funeral, it's possible. Where they go, you've got to go to your great aunt's funeral. And oh, yeah. you just arrive at the wrong venue. Closed casket. And then work it you out. you got no idea. I, I've done that before at a wedding where I, I went to the wrong area and I knew so few people that I was sort of walking around with with uh, champagne talking to people. Yeah. And then worked out I was on level two and I had to go and get my carton of cigarettes that I'd given them as a gift. So I, they spotted me at the wedding. Yeah. I'm talking, trying to make small talk. I then ascertained that it was the wrong wedding. <laughs> And then they saw me taking a gift from the table and leaving. <laughs> and That's I was good. like, it took me a, it took me a thirty minutes to work out that I that it wasn't the right wedding. Do you know what I mean? I'm like Benny and Benny and Lisa. There's no Benny and Lisa. It's Jim and Johnny. <laughs> Fuck! I've got to get my gift back. Funerals are a great time to ascertain how important your family is uh, in the community, though. Like you. Uh, yeah, like like my my grand's funeral, they they got we got the cathedral, like the Christchurch oh, Cathedral. That's huge in the square where it's yeah, like you you're not just rocking up and being like, yeah, we want the cathedral for a funeral. It'll be like, who the fuck wow. are you? Uh, but like full full cathedral for that, and you got the choir boy there singing Ave Maria, and oh. it's echoing off the off the halls of the yeah, cathedral. Yeah. Damn. And then you know, you like you drive past someone and some other funeral on the way home, uh, and it's like a, it's like a hall, a community oh, hall rented out. Yeah, horrible, <laughs> lowly funerals. There's nothing more embarrassing mm. than and and then you know what I like is the rivalries that have to be set aside. There's often warring uncles that have to be there. Yeah, because it's you know, and then you can see them. They're still angry about the poker night where mm. he stole. He, he won $1,000 and then said yeah. that he was a weak man. And even in that moment, they can sort of put it aside, but they still don't talk to each other the whole day. Oh, man, you see different family members get up to talk. You can look across the pews and see uh, see different people starting to purse their lips. Oh, being angry. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And imagine in the speech and you go, just final thing, Jeff, you still owe me $200 for that drink down <laughs> at the football, you fucking cunt. You fucking Hold me back. <laughs> you go and do a debt up there after I love him so much, but I, you know who I don't love? His fucking dumb son who ripped me off on a fucking Holden Toronto deal. That was a bullshit engine. You knew it didn't have air conditioning. You sell me the car, the caravan. Oh, man. But uh, grudges at funerals are great because you realise... Life is meaningless. Everyone dies. You should be able to move on from the fact they beat you at Trivial Pursuit on a holiday, but you can't. I think that's the time that people uh, get over their family for their familial rift. You know the main way you bond is a mutual hate mm. and go, well, look, we hate each other, but we, not as much as we hated dead Jeff, so let's <laughs> bond on that. <laughs> he was the real villain. <laughs> He, he beat us both as kids. Let's bond on that. That's the reason we've got fucking tempers. Because he used to whip us with belts. So no wonder we've got a short fuse when, when we put on TV too loud and he would chase us around the living room with a belt. No wonder I lash out. It's his fault. We need to grow. We've got to evolve. But I am... Um, so what do you reckon you're... You want to... We've spoken about this. You want to get... Um, Shut down a toilet, or what was your when you die? You can't get taxidermied, which is so annoying. I, that would be so good, man. Like I, I would love to eternally be in someone's living room. But I think we spoke about uh, like sarcophagus 
and then oh, turned, dude, you know what turned I want? into a coffee table and bequeathed to family members who now have to lug around your corpse in a box. My dream is to be minced up and served to people at the wake. <laughs> and then they, they discover afterwards. You've all got a piece of Andrew in you now. That sushi, that sushi was sliced up. He, he often to be ground down and they're going, what do you mean? I'm like, you enjoy that burger? That was Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They were throwing up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely like the thought. I like the thought of um, the skeleton. Imagine, like, mm. you, 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 they keep your skeleton and it comes out on Halloween and it's Granddad a- Andrew that they put out in the front porch. I was almost surprised the, uh, like, lack of fun they let you have. Like, it seems, it seems like if you wanted to be, uh, you know, have all of your flesh burned off and turned into a skeleton, that would be fine. But any human remains, they are not stoked on you keeping it all. Oh, you know, you know why? Because they, they have so much gravitas around existence and they don't realise that all meaning is futile, uh, all, all life, and they, they, they can't just laugh at the universe. They've, oh, there's got to be reverence. Oh, sombre mode. I'm like, everything is ending. Just fucking laugh it up. You should dress them up and, and have them dancing for you. Even with the donating your skull for, like, Hamlet or whatever, um, they have really strict rules around how the skull is handled by the people on stage. If it's handled, like, there's a whole hygiene thing oh, that they mate. need to go through. Uh, like it, I, They seem primarily concerned with you spreading, like, foot and mouth disease through your bones. Oh, mate, it's a, it sounds like people that haven't come to realise that we're just a meat sachets. Yeah. Do you know, oh, he's still there, he still exists. I'm like, I think, you know, whatever, it's just a, a new source of protein. You should serve <laughs> up Aunt Je- Glenda. In buns. Yeah. We've got to survive on this planet. Do you know what I mean? I would send them to the third world and say, eat what you can, bin the rest. That's why the sarcophagus is good, because it, it get, lets you get around all of those regulations and you can become a feature of someone's living room. Oh, yeah, man, I love it. I, I think if you truly love them, you'd want them in your, your good You want lounge. them around, man. You want them in your lounge. You want them in a chair in the corner of the bedroom so you can wake up and... Say hello. You want so that when you're home alone, you're creeped out by your <laughs> Aunt Jenny on the wall and you think she's watching you. <laughs> and then you have to put a blanket over her head when you masturbate. <laughs> you want to feel like she's present with that judging personality that wrecked and suffocated you during the, her life. Do you know what I mean? You want to know that she's still watching you and she still doesn't respect your career choices and doesn't <laughs> respect you as a man. Imagine if you're in the box, right? You're in the sarcophagus and you've like you've shown up on some relative's doorstep and they're like, what the fuck is this? And they they would be unsure if you were even in there for the longest time, you know? Like they would you'd have to oh, go dude. and get the box scanned by uh by a professional and be like, is he in the box? Is he actually in the oh, box? Oh dude, that's so good. Is there really a fucking corpse in the living room? They always think that you're gonna love it. Like the family lineage. It's like the classic story where someone like hunts down their family in Ireland and they'll go, hey, I'm, you're my great, great, great grandfather. You know, they knock on the yeah. door and you go, yeah, whatever, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Slam the door. <laughs> I love that they've flown over because they haven't got any meaningful connections in their real life and they've gone on Ancestry.com and found a distant relative. They knock on the door and he goes, 
we're related by blood. And they go, fuck off. Like almost like as a door-to-door salesman. A Mormon at their door. Well, go fuck yourself, you loser. I've got enough friends in my life. I'm not hiring. I don't need any more family. Because you never know the relationship people have with family. Because they, no. anyone on Ancestry.com has got a fond memory. A lot of people have a lot of trauma around their family. So when you come in and go like, I'm related to Grandpa Fiddler, who used to diddle you behind the fucking shed, you've basically triggered trauma. They're going to take a week off work going, I forgot when he used to give me those lollipops and finger the rim. Do you know what I mean? And you're in there reminding him. Because it was, you never know if, if, People are a good person from Ancestry.com. There's mm. a lot of terrors mm. where you go in and remind them of rapey Jeff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, absolutely. And you're like, you, you, you went to Australia because you were bad people. Don't come back. You're not welcome. Do you know you come in and go like, my great uncle Grant, and they go like, you're not welcome here. You're sick in the head, your side. You're fucked. And, and you're upset. My favourite is when people go to Italy and stuff and you're not even really sure of the connection but you're just cl- cl- you're clutching at straws. Yeah. So you go to your own house and you're not really sure and you're like, yeah, I spoke to some fat Italian woman. She's in the house. I think she might be related. She didn't speak English but we had – Sambuca with her and we sat around all afternoon (laughs) desperate for relevancy desperate to go like yeah we're hanging around with a weird family man that would that would be a move right to get yourself on ancestry.com fake some birth records or whatever like it can't be it can't be too difficult like surely surely you can get yourself inserted into ancestry.com right you just target like high socioeconomic families in different areas and then you so clever. And then you uh, you set yourself up in a man it, like Australia and New Zealand. I reckon probably works even like you you live in a small yeah. town. But when people on Ancestry dot com they're like Armstrong Armstrong, and they find oh there's a there's a man living in the the northernmost point of the oh, South dude, Island. We're gonna go visit him, and you're just some guy. But you've got these these lonely hearts. One of the great door to door sales strategy. You're selling Foxtel. Instead of saying, hey, do you guys have Foxtel? You knock on the door and pretend to be a long-lost relative. (laughs) You run through that narrative and then they go, well, look, I'm not sure if we are related. And you go, well, it's on Where Do You Think You Are? Episode 9. You need to sign up (laughs) to a full subscription for Foxtel. But, you know, if you're a Mormon, anyone that answers in the door and goes, hey, hey, before you shut the door, I just want to say, I think we're related. I've flown a long way to get here. Have you heard the word of the Lord? And then you're in having tea and they're going, so Auntie Jeff. And you go, yeah, I knew Auntie Jeff. Well, then the old Italian lady, right? Like who's just sitting in a, sitting in a little villa. Uh, she's, if she set herself up, man. She's got, she has people visiting every week, bringing her a Sambuca yeah, yeah, yeah. and having, having a couple beverages oh. and, and paying her bills. Oh, dude, with fake ancestry.com. Yeah. You game ancestry and you're you're fucking in, man. You see yourself. Oh, dude, up. and what an amazing thing! Just creating fake family history. Yeah, and you say, see that, see that rock. <laughs> and we always, we always throw that like this. And you say, think of me, dream of me forever. <laughs> the Armstrongs for life. 
And then these idiots there in Australia think of me, dream of me, Firma, and she's just throwing random dirt. She's a fucking drunk, just making fake family traditions. We always piss through the dress. We always do this. We always eat fucking prawns with our right hands. You just give them, and they're crying, they're shelling prawns with their left hand, as was the tradition of the Armstrongs. You just fucking flights of fancy with these fuckheads. Piss through your skirt. We eat mud. I, I do like the sales move, though, dude. I've realised you can get into anyone's house by either saying, I used to live here as a kid. And I just wanted to check it out. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, if someone sh- rocks up and says, I used to live here as a kid, it's like a, there's an 80% chance that you are getting dinner for free that night. Oh, dude, but how good's this? So you're a burglar, just knocks on every door. I used to live here as a kid. Then you go through scope, the security system, the, where the alarms are. You get a dinner, and then the next day you rob their flat screen and most of their shit. It's so good. I would love to show up to a door... Uh, dressed as the traditional burglar, black and white, the mask on, oh, the big bag, and then they open the door and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to live here as a kid. I was just hoping I can uh, have a dude, what, a gra- <laughs> what a great prank show. You dressed as the Hamburglar <laughs> and they find you out the back and then you say, no, nah, no, nah, I'm a distant relative and then you run off. Dude, imagine... Just walking through a suburb dressed as a convict or a burglar is so funny. And you just, you want some space and they're going, what did he look like? He looked like the McDonald's hamburglar and he was fiddling around in our back area. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, no one would believe you. I reckon if you are in costume, the angle could be people think this this must be a prank or like a reality show or whatever a sketch show and so they're they like they're going along with it and you're just a guy who has like you're just you're an actual felon like you're just a guy who yeah. has escaped recently from the correction center and you are you're on the bus you know people are laughing I, they're taking photos you're taking wallets taking watches I love <laughs> this levity dude to be pickpocketed by someone that looks like batman do you know what make it more fun well, you got to go to the police and go like, Ronald McDonald stole my bike. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? And you're like, he was dressed like Sh- Shrek. He groped me. He groped me near the train. And they're like, get out of here, you idiot. You could get away with so many crimes. Imagine rob- robbing a National Australia Bank dressed like the hamburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was funny. a guy. There was a guy. I think in South Africa who would just roll around to different KFCs, telling them that he was from head office and he needed to sample the chicken. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable! You go as Colonel Sanders and you hold them up, dude. Mate, you go. You go into on. the McDonald's dressed as Ronald, and you're like, "Yeah, just need to uh, just check in the quarter pounders today, brother. Let's load me up." Unbelievable to rob a McDonald's dressed as Ronald. McDonald's. <laughs> Unbelievable. And actually funny. So it goes on Crime Stoppers. People are loving it. And they go, you know what? He's a character. That is hilarious that he's dressed as Ronald McDonald and held up in McDonald's. The judge is like, you know what? And then you could just say it was a prank show. Mm. Mm. And you go, um, is it for my TikTok account? <clears throat> Do you remember that guy? He crashed a plane on purpose for his TikTok account. No, no, I don't think so. There was a guy that hired a plane and then pretended that the engine had broken and just skydived out 
and then the thing just crashed oh, randomly. I did see that. And the, yeah, he got in quite a lot of trouble, didn't he? <laughs> well, what, happened, what happened is on the TikTok, he just wanted a viral one where the engine had faltered. Yeah. But it had been planned from the beginning. I think he turned it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just dived out and the plane obviously hit in a suburban area and could have killed a lot of people. <laughs> and he went viral until they worked out, hang on, hang on. He's come to the crime scene to try change that, you know, remove the keys. <laughs> and, and and he's changed things because he's realised, even though he's gone viral on TikTok, that he could have killed someone and that it was very reckless. And I think he's going to jail. Yeah, man. Yeah, probably. And good, you know. Good. <laughs> Do you reckon if he had been dressed as Ronald McDonald, he would have got a lighter sentence? Probably. Well, that's fun, man. That's a that's a good time. That's a, But he didn't do that. He just jumped out of a plane, you know? Like, put that guy away. Dude, and for TikTok, that is, yuck. That is a question for juries and judges. If you're dressed as a cartoon character or something fun, do you get a lighter sentence? <laughs> Where you hold up, you know, you hold up a bank, but you're dressed as Barbie? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when they when they come to convict you because you have a sense of humour, do you get two years less? Where they go, look, he did. He's a larrikin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying man, when you're... the judge is in there and they're like, he held up, you know, it's some horrific crime, but you were dressed as um uh, as SpongeBob SquarePants. Like you're not going to get a bigger sentence. Do you think? <laughs> you probably get two years less as an armed robber dressed as SquareBog Square Bum. Whatever the fuck his name I is. I think even interjecting during the trial with just little quips, you know. Uh, oh, dude, unbelievable. And, you know, the final thing where you've got to address the jury for mm. the murder of 12 people. Closing statements. You arrive, you arrive dressed as square, square, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> for the final thing. You're in costume. And you're like, <laughs> who tickles the sea and sings at a star <laughs> And you just try to invoke humour. And they go, you know what? He's a bit of a laugh. He didn't mean to poison. Did you see that woman that poisoned her family with mushrooms? No. A woman, a woman cooked her extended family a mushroom meal, mm. and she had picked them just randomly. But no one's sure because so not even malicious, not malicious. She was no, just out like in the backyard no, pulling stuff out of the ground. Dude, no, it's very hard because she had her extended family over there, all died. And the worst part was she hates mushrooms, so she hadn't eaten the meal. Oh, my God. So everyone died. God damn. And it's suspicious now because she's like, why did you make a risotto with all this <laughs> mushroom shit? And she goes, I don't know mushrooms. I think they like mushrooms. I just saw some mushrooms near a fucking shed. I put them in the pot. They're death cap mushrooms. Because it's one thing to try and get off of it. Like to get to successfully commit a crime with careful planning, you know, gloves on, bleaching yeah, everything yeah. afterwards. But it's much easier, I think, to to just be an idiot. Like to play up how big of an idiot you are, and be like, oh, I didn't yeah. know. What do you? I had no idea. Like, what, what's what are you talking about? Is that the break line? I didn't know that was the break line. I thought I was helping out. The unbelievable. This is the perfect crime. I've just realised you can kill anyone. Do you know <laughs> that? Um, Prince, that that cartoon where the guy becomes immune to the poison. It's Prince Charming or Prince, and it's some. Ah, uh, I think it's Princess Bride, isn't it? Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what you do is you're a hapless fool, mm. and you slowly eat these death cap mushrooms, and you're picking them, and you just have small amounts to the point where you're immune to it. Mm. 
You then invite around the your mother-in-law who you hate and you make your favourite little omelette and you pretend, I don't know what happened, I always eat those filthy mushrooms that grow on the asbestos. <laughs> and they go, you didn't die. And you're like, I know, I've been eating them for years. I must have built up an immunity. I was unaware that they would kill her even though you've been having little slithers and putting them on your tongue, slowly building it up. Are you, can you be convicted unless they, if, unless they can prove the storyline that you were sniffing them to start, then putting a little drop on, but the fact you're immune to it, the omelette, we rest my case. You cannot convict unless the glove fits. <laughs> well, because I think it's crazy how many people go on like, you know, they'll go on a P&O cruise and then day three, they'll like shove, shove their wife off the... Uh, off the edge, oh, yeah. tumble into the water, and then they're on camera doing it as well because they're fucking idiots. Yeah, it's crazy. When you, when you could just go hiking every weekend uh, until there's an accidental slip or a, oh, a, or a snake or a bear or whatever. You know? Unbelievable. You walk every day. Every time you see a snake, you shove them towards it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a bear there and you tie them. To the post and run off and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got a backpack full of bacon that you've, or like sa- salmon stuffed into into yeah, hiking boots coming oh, out the top. Dude, how, how many murders happen like that? Do you know where you're just going to use your lawnmower and the propeller comes off, but no one knows that you unscrewed it and it just yeah. fucking launched? Yeah. Or, or, do you know, or faulty wiring or you set it up so that, you know what I mean? Like, we've never seen it. The air fryer just exploded and you've been in there tinkering. Because it's quite difficult, I think. It's difficult to tamper. It's easy to prove, you know, if it's like an electrical thing or whatever. Like, they'll they'll be like, okay, so so why did you, you know, why did you take the, the guard off of this thing three yeah, days beforehand? Yeah, yeah, but if yeah. it, like, an animal, like, the animal fucks off and you're golden. Like, it, there's no oh, proving dude. that you shoved... That you shoved your husband into into a bear, the bear's gone. It's like eating a snail or mollusk; you can die. So all you need to do is take a friend that owes you money and just peer pressure them into doing a doing something. <laughs> eat it, eat, eat, eat. Skull, 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 skull. And they're like they're eating the mushrooms. Come on, you pussy! You won't eat the mushrooms. Little they know you've researched the mushrooms and taken them camping right near the mushrooms, and then they're egged into going. Uh, like that boy that jumped off the boat on the cruise. Mm. His friends probably set him up for it. Do you know he jumped off and then you got hit by a shark or died? No, did I didn't you hear know, that I guy? Know, I don't know this one. There was a guy on prom night. What they didn't realize is he owed someone $300 and it had all been built up to go jump, jump, jump. <laughs> and he did a flip off it, died, and he goes, Never owe me money, fuckhead. <laughs> it was all planned from the beginning. And they go, This reckless fool. Did some crazy prank thing. Mm. Because a lot of that thing when you're young, when you're egging mates in to do it, is also could be vindictive. Mm. A lot of it is really vindictive, to be honest. Picking the weaker one of the herd and humiliating them, and that's why you laugh so much. A lot of the humour comes from the fact that they're responsive to your gestures because they so want to be included that they'll do anything you say. And that's hilarious, where they're shaving their own dick and shoving shit up their ass. To try win their way into the group, there's yeah. nothing funnier, really, yeah. to see someone that desperate to be accepted. <laughs> 
Anyway, man, should we wind this one up? Yeah, yeah, let's come back and do another one in, in five minutes. Well, the Patreon one's coming on. There's big interest in Patreon right now. There's a great sale. Invest in Patreon. You're going to you do us a favour, you do yourself a favour by having more voice for longer. Leveraging your home, margin personal loans, hedged by put contract.